Welcome to the service marathon meeting. My name is Nick, and I'm a compulsive overeater and your leader for this meeting. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic devices be turned off. To just turn off cell phones and other electronic devices. Um, to protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed by OA members. This meeting is being recorded by Region 2. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent o, uh, Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. The format for this one-hour session is as follows. I will read an excerpt from a piece of OA literature, share for 25 minutes, uh, followed by three-minute shares from those who wish to share. The topic for this, sec for this session is service. The following is a reading from, oh, oh, uh, from the OA 12 and 12, page 101. Here we go. Small font. Service in OA has been a surprising, powerful factor in our recovery. Simple actions which seemed unimportant when we took them have turned out to have profound effects on us and on others. Hugs we've given at meetings, phone calls we've made, letters we've written, simple words of encouragement which we've spoken and quickly forgotten have come back to us, sometimes at the very moment we've needed them most. For people who received through them the strength to keep walking the OA path. Most of us who have been around OA for more than a few months have seen miracles of recovery in our meetings. It's a, a beautiful, beautiful reading there. It kind of sums up what I have to say. Oh. So I'm done here. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good way I was going to do it. Um, uh, again, I'm Nick. I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, what I thought I'd do is I'd maybe qualify a bit and let you guys know a little bit about myself and why I keep coming back. Um, I am recovering from relapse. I was a relapser, and I've been back now for about four and a half years. Um, and I am currently maintaining about a 30, 35-pound weight loss. I kind of fluctuate sometimes, um, and right now I'm a little higher than, than normal. Um, I've got four and a half years of abstinence. My abstinence is... Um, no bread, no um, uh, sugar, or basically recreational sugar, but no sugar. Um, and I also stay away from deep, deep fried foods. So I haven't had a French fry in a long time. And I got to tell you, I don't really miss it. I don't, every now and then I look at it, but I don't really miss it that much. Um, that's my, oh, and three meals a day and a snack. Um, that's my basic abstinence right there. I have other foods that I stay away from, and if you want to know them, I'll tell you afterwards because there's a little bit of a list that I try to stay away from. Um, why did I come back? I, didn't, I was not going to come back. I was not going to come back to OA. When I left, I had about the same amount of time I have now. I had about four years. Um, and what happened was, and, the, and you'll hear this, you know, you hear this in the rooms, I had a bigger life. There was a lot of stuff I was doing that increased my life. I was performing at the time. I was doing a lot of singing, and I was getting you know accolades. I was I was really kind of succeeding in that. And 
I was um, finishing up my bachelor's degree. I went back to school and program at 40 um, and was finishing up my, my bachelor's degree. Well, so I was doing a lot of stuff. What happened was, this is what I think happened, um, was I was getting close to graduating. I was getting close to, to finishing up the school part. And I had some successes um, in my performing. And I, I think I just got scared. You know, what next? What am I going to do next? Um, and I think I started to just um, fade away into fear. So little by little, what was happening is that you were still sharing the same things with me when I was going to meetings. I just wasn't hearing it that much anymore. I thought, oh, they don't. What I started to think was that this really isn't for me. I've already reached a certain level OA. I don't really need OA anymore. I wasn't hearing what you were saying anymore. My, my spiritual connection started to kind of fade away as well. Um, so eventually, slowly but surely, it wasn't like I just one day I said I'm not going back. It was just really over about a course of a year. I just stopped coming back, and eventually I just started eating again. Um, let me tell you a little bit about, about the eating. I'm a, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in 1997, um, and we can talk about diets. I, when I was diagnosed with that, I thought, okay, this time I'm really going to buckle down. You know, This time I'm really going to go on a diet, I'm going to do exercise, I'm going to do everything they want me to do. And, you know, I don't know if you can relate to this, but at the beginning I could do it. You know, at the, I could certainly do it for about a month, maybe a month and a half. Um, and, you know, I'd lose a little bit of weight and I'd start working out and doing my exercise and stuff. And something in life would trigger me. Something in life would, and, and what could it be? Um, usually it's some kind of horrible thing that happened at work, or at least in my head it was horrible. So the, the drama in my head started going around. Um, maybe all I did was uh, disappoint a client, you know, disappointed or somebody made a complaint about me, you know, and that could be something that'll just set me off, you know, and start eating again. And, you know, within a couple of months, I, I had gained all that weight back, even though, remember, I'm a, I'm a type 2 diabetic, and I'd be eating sugar again, too, a lot of sugar. Um, so, uh, without belaboring that, that happened for about another four years, four and a half years. And within that time, um, oh, I'm sorry, let me go back. I was a diabetic in 97, right? So I just kept doing diets all the way up. I entered another program, um, and in that program I was able to define my God. That My God helped me out in another addiction that I had, and I was able to define a God. But I never thought of going, using that same God for food for some reason, until one day some, somebody from the other program Eskimoed me into OA. I had tried OA in the past, and again, everybody was kind of weird, you know what I mean? It was this, there was that thing about God I don't know if I was really getting, I didn't know if I could really do that. Um, but this time, uh, this gentleman Eskimoed me in, and that was my first time that I really heard somebody at this meeting tell my story. And, it, and let me tell you, it wasn't some guy you know, some bigger guy telling my story. It was like a really petite, slim, beautiful, you know, young lady. <laughs> she just sat there and told my story. And I was blown away. I was totally blown away because, you know, this is definitely a program for me. Um, and I was blown away that somebody that didn't really look like me had the same problems that I had. Um, and uh, so I started coming back, you know. I, uh, sorry, sorry, I kept coming back to this program. Um, eventually I got a sponsor, started working the steps with my sponsor, and uh, little by little I had some weight loss. 
And I, and I just told you what happened. You know, my life got bigger, and then I, I left program. Now I will tell you that about four years I was away from program. Now if you think about four years, a type 2 diabetic who's in denial of that, you know, who's a compulsive overeater and is just eaten. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm eating bread. That's my big thing, you know. And if you eat, when I eat bread, I could have a burger. I could have a sandwich. I can have a lot of fast food. I love to drive through. For some reason, that was a relief for me. Driving through and getting one of those, <laughs> let me tell you, getting one of those value meals and a couple of other things for the drive home. And, um, but, you know, I'd get that medium size and not the extra large because it seemed like the large one was too much. <laughs> I shouldn't get that much. And a Diet Coke. You know, that's what... <laughs> That's what I would do. Um, anyways, I, I did that. And I was doing that pretty much for about four years. And let me tell you what was the killer was that after I would do that, and let's say it was at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night or all day long, I could have done it three, for three meals, um, I would stop by that donut shop and I'd start scarfing on sugar, you know. And it would be like three donuts. I would never just get one. It wouldn't be two. Somehow the number three was the, was the clincher for me. And after all that food, I would eat some donuts. And again, I just have to reiterate, and that's the reason I keep coming back as well as that. I was a type 2 diabetic, and my blood sugar was through the roof, and I just kept eating. Um, and so let me fast forward. Uh, why did I then come back out of relapse? I was miserable. I was angry. I was scared. I was bloated. Um, I was fearful. I was fearful for my own health. And what happened was that a friend of mine called me to go to a, a meeting in another food program where everybody eats the same kind of food. And um, I went there, and it ended up not working for me, but I'm so grateful that I went there. I'm grateful that I went there because I, I started to reassociate what my disease was again and what my problems were and I, how I really am powerless over food. So that didn't work for me, but I knew there was another program that might work for me again. All of a sudden, you guys weren't that weird to me anymore. I, all of a sudden, this was the last, last house on the block, like they said. I thought... This worked for me before maybe, maybe if I give this a try again, maybe it'll work again. So I went to um, a meeting, and this is what I would do when I first came back. I'd, I'd arrive a little late. Um, I'd sit there and listen to the speaker, and then I'd leave early because I didn't want to hold your hand for that prayer. I didn't want to get into that prayer thing. I had a God, little God problem at the time, too, because how could God let me, you know, leave the program? How could God abandon me like that? And, eh, you know, what... Why be angry with God? But anyways, I was. So I didn't want to hold your hand with the prayers, and I'd leave early. Until I went to this meeting. It was a Tuesday night, and I'm from L.A., so it was one of those L.A. meetings on a Tuesday night. And I love to tell this part of my, of my story, because this is why I keep coming back. Um, I went to this meeting. It was, a, I don't know, there's maybe about 20 people. We're all in a big circle, you know. And I came in, again, angry, bloated, over it. And I... Um, I sat down, and this time I was able, I really was kind of listening, because it was just regular pitch meeting, you know, and everybody was pitching, and in my head there was all this noise going on, all this anger and all this noise going on, but I wasn't hearing that from everybody in the circle. Everybody in the circle seemed to be really mellow, seemed to be very um, telling their truth, but not in an angry way, it was just like letting, letting stuff out, and I listened to that for a while, and I thought wow, this is really peaceful. I, I feel safe in this area. So I took a breath. I let it out. And at that moment, I felt a little bit of peace. And at that moment, I think I let God in. At that moment. I'm so grateful for that meeting. 
because all the noise that was in my head was just completely quashed, was completely gone. And I can just kind of breathe and go, okay, I'm home. And from that moment on, I thought, okay, I'm going to keep coming back. So I started coming to meetings again, eventually got myself a sponsor, a sponsor that had what I wanted, that had a food plan that was close to what I needed. Um, because at the beginning, it was gonna, I was looking for the perfect person. And honestly, I mean, unless it was just me there in the future, you know, I wasn't going to find the right sponsor. So um, I got a sponsor and I started working the steps again. And so here I am now, uh, four and a half years later, with about a 35, 40 pound weight loss. Um, and more than even before, I feel a lot more kind of serene. I have a, a, a higher connection with my higher power um, this time. Uh, and the, the beautiful thing, I don't know, it just seems like I can get in contact with God a lot faster than I did before. So I must have worked the steps a little harder. I don't know, but I don't care. I'm just grateful that I have that now. Um, all right, so let's turn it over. I'm going to talk a little bit maybe about service. I, um, oh, when I came back to OA, we'll talk a little bit about service here. You were all of service to me. When I walked into that meeting in that circle, you were all of, well, you know, the collective you, <laughs> were all of service to me. I was able to sit there and do nothing, pay nothing, and just listen to you all being honest with your stuff. You all talking about God. You all telling me how you got through that day of, of all that anger stuff because of maybe your higher power. That was being of service to me. So that made me come back, right? You carried the message to me, and I decided to keep coming back. After I had tried it before, after I knew I didn't like you guys, after I knew this program wasn't going to work for me, um, you convinced me again to keep coming back, and you saved my life. I'm pretty sure you saved my life. Um, I was on a full load of, of diabetic medications. It's, it's gone down to about a, a quarter of what I was taking before. So for that, I'm very grateful. Um, and uh, so that's the first thing. You were of service to me. What do I want to do in return? Well, I want to give that back to you. So what do I try to do as far as being of service? The first thing, um, I want to talk to newcomers. I want to make outreach calls to people who sound like they're in trouble. You know, how can I help you? Uh, if a newcomer has some questions. Lead them over to the literature table. Or I'll give them a book if they want one, you know. Help them out if they have any questions. Um, okay, let me go back to my notes here. Okay, so you, also, you shared your experience and strength and help with me. So I decided to keep coming back. Um... Let me talk a little bit more about the other service that I do. So I want to give it back, and this is what I do for service. That's what I meant to say. First of all, almost immediately I took on a service commitment. I was literature at one meeting that I, that I loved, and I thought, okay, I want to keep coming back to this meeting. What can I do? They need somebody for literature. I raise my hand. I'll be happy to go ahead and take the literature commitment for you. And I was literature person. So, oh, okay. Um, I got 10 minutes. Wow. I speak a... Uh, wow. Okay. Um, uh, so I had the literature commitment. I was being of service. Being of service also helped me come back to meetings all the time, come back to program. Even early on, I knew my sponsor told me to be of service, but I already knew from the last time I got to be of service as well. So I take that commitment. I keep coming back early on. Um, 
what else uh, do I do as far as service is concerned? Oh, the other part of service, how am I carrying the message? Well, somebody needs some literature. I'm recommending the books that I, that I think that worked for me. Here, this worked for me. This worked for me. Here, these are the meetings that work for me. These are the meetings I go to. Here's my phone number, right? Give me a call if you need any help. I'm being of service. Uh, then, I don't know, maybe a year into the program and doing some of that, I uh, am in one of my favorite meetings, and uh, one of my friends now come up to me and say, would you be interested in being on the board of, uh, on the, board of, of the Los Angeles Intergroup? Um, immediately, the first thing in my head is like, no. I don't <laughs> no, I'm not interested. Now, why, why would I be so adamant about that, you know? Because the stuff that goes through my head, um, can you hear me? Uh, the stuff that goes through my head is, um, that's not for me. Somebody like me can't do that, you know? That's for my dad, you know? He's the adult. He's the responsible guy. He can do that. Um, uh, oh, here's a, that's a big time commitment, you know what I mean? Or how am I going to be up in front of a bunch of people and, and you know, help out? I, I don't know if I can make those decisions. Very immature kind of thoughts go in my head, but they're very real. False evidence appearing is real, right there in my head, going around and around and around. Um, so I might have expressed some of my concerns, but my friend was <laughs> somewhat, eh, probably knew me better than I knew myself. She goes, no, I think uh, we could really use somebody like you on the board. Um, hmm, I have an opportunity to be of service. They could, I could, oh, they need me. All right, I can be of service. All right, I'll think, let, me talk, let me talk to my sponsor about it. I'm trying to get an out, you know? I'm trying to get a way out. Maybe my sponsor will say no. Um, I discuss it with my sponsor. My sponsor says, that's a great idea. So I go ahead and join the board. Now I'm a member of a board that I've never done before. And I have now proven to myself, I've now quashed that fear that I am not the type of person that can do that. I have now succeeded in something. I have now changed, shifted, Something in my mind that says, oh, wait, Nick, you don't have that excuse anymore, and you can do this. You know what I mean? And if you don't know, this is the beauty about this program, and not that I was on the board of directors of, you know, like Microsoft. Um, <laughs> the beauty of this program is, is that if you don't know, you don't have to fake like you know. There's somebody right next to you that's going to go, oh, you know what? Uh, you might want to do it this way, you know. Or I did that the last time, and, and this is what worked for me, you know what I mean? And immediately, don't worry about a thing, we've got your back. Um, which, by the way, is the way I think of my higher power, <laughs> right? Somebody who's got my back, you know. Somebody who's always got my back. Even in crazy situations, somebody's got my back. So, um, I proved it to myself that that's something I can do. Being of service helped me out as well. Now, you know, it's not all about me, although I want it to be. <laughs> um, uh, being of service to you. If I'm, if I'm, I'm the special events chair now. So I'm in charge of putting on special events. So I get to be of service to you. I bring speakers, kind of like what we, we do here, except maybe one, one of the workshops that you see. I bring three speakers in. They share their experience, strength, and hope. I get, I get people that I think can share something to you. Um, so I can be of service to you as well, not just the board, but also to you. Um, now, I want to talk a little bit about what, you know, what service positions and how they can kind of, you know, uh, how they can kind of help, how you can help, excuse me, the intergroups, right? So if you're thinking about, oh, I've never been, 
of service, or if you had that thing in your mind like I did, oh, I can't do that, you know? Oh, by the way, I had the same thoughts of being secretary of a meeting as well. I'm not going to get there in time. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. And I got to prove it once again, break the fear that, you know what, I really can do this. It's not, it's not a miracle. Thank you. Um, so if you're thinking, uh, you know, I, I, that's not for me, you know, it might be. It just, it might be the thing that you actually have to jump into. Um, you know, if you speak, if, if you talk to newcomers, you're being of service. If you're taking outreach calls, you're being of service and you're helping people out. You're carrying the message. Um, but if you go to meetings, you're being of service. Remember I told you that's, that's what got me back, right? But if, if you want to go to another level and if you want to carry the message to even more people, then maybe being a secretary is a good idea. But more so, if you can get involved in your own inner group, that's even better. Because the inner group, you know, shares information for, you know, to all the meetings. And there's a lot we, we have to do in order for, to carry the message to a bigger amount of people than just on the meeting level. And, of course, R2, if you noticed last night they mentioned they need a publications person. I don't know, that might be something, if you can write or if it's something like that, that might be something you, you can do. If it's something you're interested in, it might be something that you can do. Um, it's all about being of service. It's all about carrying the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, right? Um, and I think, although, you know, I, was a, <laughs> I didn't know how much I was going to be able to speak today, and I didn't know what was going to come out, and I, all I wanted to do was carry the message over to you. So I certainly hope I did that. And thanks for letting me be of service. The following is reading from insert source page. Oh, I already did that. Sorry, folks. Um, we will now have three-minute shares. We ask those of you who wish to share to line up to my left, and you, know, you can just kind of come up if you want. Please focus the topic of our meeting and end your share at three minutes to allow time for all who wish to share. And then that's it. So we're supposed to end at 50 after the hour. So whether that be 4.50? Um, so whoever would like to share, feel free to come up. Hi, I'm Ellie, compulsive overeater. Hi, Ellie. Thank you, Nick. Um, this is this is being of service right now. When um, we come to the podium, and I'm not the speaker today, Nick was. I'm just another compulsive overeater, and uh, who has. Worked the program and been abstinent for six years, and part of my ability to be able to do that with the grace of God is because of service. I don't think I could. I mean, Bill Wilson said, if all else fails, work with another, he said alcoholics, but work with another compulsive over eater will save the day. And this is about saving my butt. I don't want to be crazy anymore. I don't want to be gaining and losing and gaining and losing, which was part of my story. I want to be able to be calm. I want to be able to enjoy my life. I want to be able to eat health healthfully and um, 
life isn't all about food. Not that it isn't important, it is. But life is life. And by being of service, I get to tell you that this program gave me hope. That this program gave me a life that makes it all worthwhile. And while I'm telling you that, it's helping reinforce for me how important this program is. So while I'm doing service, I'm doing service for myself too. Because it's so easy. We are all just one bite away from going back to our disease, to our craziness. And I for sure is do not want to be in that place. Um, my sponsor was somebody who pushed service. She believed very, very strongly in service. And so I listened because for damn sure my way didn't work all those years, didn't help me. She said, be a service, call newcomers. Be a sponsor after a certain period of time. Go on the board. Do whatever it was. And it doesn't mean I wasn't afraid, especially when I was on the LA Intergroup Board. I had taken on a position of the 12 step within. And you're going to have to catch me otherwise afterwards so I can tell you what that was like. Hi, I'm Jessica, Jessica. compulsive reader. Thank you, Nick. I loved hearing your share. Um, service to me was a foreign concept when I came to OA. I remember like thinking that teamwork was, okay, I'm in charge of the team and you get to do the work. That was my idea of being of service. I'll help you do all the work. I'll help you decide what you're going to do and um, how you're going to do it. Yeah, that was my idea of being a service. But um, coming to OA, we had elections. My first year in OA, I have six years of abstinence, and I've been coming here for six years. I'm maintaining a 60-pound weight loss, so this program is working for me. But when I first came in, I really didn't want to do anything. And <clears throat> I was just talking to somebody this morning about my first service position was with a lifeline rep, and they were having elections, and this woman in the meeting turned to me and said, why don't, why, don't, why don't you take that position? And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. And she goes, well, you, you know, there's no abstinent requirement. You come here every week. And she used up all my excuses. So <laughs> I raised my hand. And what happened fr from that commitment was that I met so many people. I was really an isolationist. I would run out of the meeting at the end because no one would talk to me. And by the time I got done with that six-month commitment, I knew so many people. And people knew my name. And it really helped me become part of the fellowship. But another reason I like to do service is because, especially sharing at meetings, if I'm asked to speak at a meeting, my sponsors taught me very early, always say yes. 
anybody asks you to be of service, you have to say yes. That was like a rule. Well, I didn't really want to do that, but I had to do what she said because she comes before me and she has more abstinence than I do, and I've chosen her as my guide on this road of happy destiny, so why wouldn't I do what she suggests? Um, because my way clearly didn't work. And I like to share, I like to speak at meetings because it keeps me reminding myself of where I came from. Because I can forget really easily what it was like when I was, you know, mainlining chocolate cake and chocolate candy and um, any other form of chocolate. I would go to the store and I would have every form of chocolate that they sold in the store in my basket. Okay. Cookies, ice cream, cake, the whole bit. And I can't go back there. I started this program really late, and I'm not going back. I just not. I can't. I can't afford it. And um, I also serve on the inner group board with my little friend Nick over here, and together we try to help other people and to keep this program running because we want the doors to stay open for the compulsive overeater who still suffers, and that's really important to me because the doors were open when I got here because somebody else was on the board and somebody else was doing service for me. So thank you for letting me share. Hi, my name's Nancy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Nancy. Um, when I think about service... Um, I, too, I didn't want to get into service. I didn't mind doing service, like setting up the meeting at my home group, and I didn't mind talking to my people. <laughs> um, but when my sponsor said, well, I think it's time for you to do intergroup, I was like, I don't want to do intergroup. One, it was 35 miles away, and two, I didn't like those people. They argued, and they talked too much. They didn't know how to run a meeting, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, and they got stuck on things. And she said, it's a perfect opportunity for growth. Um, and it was. It was a perfect opportunity for growth. And it, and it led me to other service positions, which led me to world service. And my first time at world service was a blessing. I wasn't supposed to be there. Somebody in our intergroup was basically, I can't go. And they said, can somebody else go? And I was like, yeah, I've got vacation. I could do that. I could be of service. I could do it. So I went, and it just happened that I ended up going, it was about three weeks after my father had passed away, which was a really, really hard, dark place for me to be. And um, I think, you know, my higher power just, you know, kind of set it up so that I was just surrounded by people in 12-step recovery. Um, and so when those food thoughts came up, um, I had people to talk to. Um, so service is also an insurance policy for me, is what I found. Um, as I do service, as I take my phone calls in the morning from people who I sponsor, it helps me to make a deposit of serenity, a deposit of clarity, a deposit of various things, whatever we're talking about. Maybe a deposit of remembering what it was like so that when something comes up during the day, because food is my drug of choice. I mean, it's what I go to when I want to be numb. It's what I go to when I want to stop tears. It's what I go to when I want to kind of tap down anxiety or anger or whatever. That's what I think of. I think of, oh, you know, this sounds like really a good idea to go have this. And uh, service taps that, that all down. And what I end up doing is, is because I'm 
talking the program and I'm walking the program on a daily basis with people who I sponsor, I end up telling myself those things, and it's connected to my higher power rather than ego. So service keeps me out of my ego. Um, Service is not something that I would have ever thought of on my own. Thank God I have a sponsor. Um, For the longest time, I was a self-sponsor. I sponsored myself, which is really dangerous. (laughs) Um, I think that's it. It's just, you know, it's helped me, and I hope to do more service, and I'll probably complain about it and bitch about it, but I will do it. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Bob, I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Bob. And um, <clears throat> I think uh, the thing about service uh, that's easy to forget is the benefit that I've received personally from the service that other people have done. Um, there was a one of the meetings that I first went to. Uh, there was the only person there was a secretary, and she just opened up the meeting, and that was it, you know. And um, but she was there, and she stuck the leader's thing in my hand, and I got an opportunity to do service, I guess, for her. And, and uh, but um, the thing was that it was one of the things that helped me to feel at home in the group. When I was, I have a difficulty with anxiety. And so when I was really anxious and we would stand in those circles and hold hands, I know that the sweat was pouring off my palms and nobody ever said, what in the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) They never did. I don't know why. But I mean, you know, those are the kind of things. I, I honestly, I have a thing at home, a poster that I pulled off of Facebook, and it says, remember the man in the empty chair, you know? And I can walk around anywhere and see hundreds of people who probably, and I know a lot of people who probably need to be here. They, you know, for whatever reason, they're not, and that's not my particular business. But my business is to make sure that OA is still here, okay? Because without it, I don't think I would be here. And to keep it available for the future. And so um, my sponsor told me when I first came in, never say no to service. And uh, that was a hard thing to do. But I did it because he told me to do it because my sponsor made loving suggestions, not rules. And his loving suggestions were rules. <laughs> so, so I did him. But, but, you know, he was a wonderful guy. And uh, those things helped me a lot. And the last thing I'm going to do service for you with is uh, his admonition that bring your ass, your mind will follow. Uh huh. Profanity is not a sign of spiritual growth, but fuck him anyway. Thank you.
was told to tell you folks also that the dinner tonight is the doors open at 6.30 and not at 6 o'clock. I don't know if you've seen those flyers all those things, but just in case. <laughs> Hi, I'm Diana. I'm a compulsive reader. Um, and uh, thank you so much for um, your lead and for having this meeting because I have been totally intimidated by the huge groups and I was not e about to share in any of the other meetings until now. This is the first time that I've gotten up to share. Um, and I wanted to um, tell you a little bit. I have a little different take on service um, as far as how it's helped me. Um, I've been coming, I think I came to my first OA meeting probably about 10 years ago. And I remember um, I used to just have this like crippling um, lack of self-confidence. And, and um, I remember thinking in that meeting, um, how could they talk so freely in a group, you know? And it's like four people sitting there. And, um, and how, could, how could, you know, um, they asked me to lead the group, I remember. And I just, I felt like I totally messed it up. Like I wasn't clear and I was stumbling on my words and, you know, and I wasn't making sense. And I was, I just beat myself up like crazy and I was just in a really bad place. And, and now, you know, flash forward to, to now, I know you can't mess up leading a meeting you know it's just if 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 um if you're honest and you try your best that's all that's all anyone can ask you know and that's god working through me if i try my best and i talk I speak from my heart um and i think my problem way back then was i didn't know myself like i was i didn't trust god i didn't trust um that i was valuable so i i just didn't feel that I had anything to give. Um, and that's a long time ago. I, I kind of, I think I started maturing um, like a regular person in my 20s. I was like in my being born, you know, maturity, emotional. Um, anyway, so I came back to AA, or OA, sorry, a lot later um, and uh, went back out um, to focus more on some other programs about three years ago. Um, and I'm back now because I've had a dramatic weight gain. I had my, um, I thought everything was under control and I, my obsession was lifted with the food. Um, but through these years, you know, my, my program, um, when I've gotten into uh, times of depression, I heard, I remember a time about three years ago where they said, well, do some service if you feel depressed and you feel sorry for yourself. And I'm just thinking, I have nothing to give. I can't do service. And one thing that I did always feel comfortable with was if I see somebody who looks really sad and really shy, I don't have a problem going up to them and saying hi and, and giving them some kind of comfort I, for some reason. So what I did was I started, you know, from the phone list and from people I would meet in meetings um, who seemed really just way worse off, sad and depressed. And and I would just call them and say hi, and that, that was my service. And um, I real does that mean a minute? Or is that... 
I realized how... Oh, it means I'm totally done? Oh, my gosh. That, I just got started. That's why I don't share. It's just I have no concept of time whatsoever. But thank you. Um, the, the rewards of service are amazing. And it's from, from just calling a person to say hi to um, organizing a committee or a retreat. And it's, it's amazing. And thanks for being here. Thank you. <laughs>